I think that I wouldn't be wrong by saying that probably most of you have heard that many people say that men and women are from different planets. Uh, men are from Mars and women from Venus. You know, we know that the reality is that men and women are just simply different. They think differently. They process uh, emotions differently. Uh, they make decisions differently. They learn differently. Physically, we are different. Emotionally, we are different. And to top it off, men and women have basic uh, have different basic needs. The five basic needs of a woman are different than the five basic needs of a man. Now, what amazes me the most is that behind all of those physical, emotional, psychological, physiological, etc. differences, the wisdom of God can be seen, expressed, can be perceived. Because with all of those differences and different needs, Men and women complement one another so beautifully that a healthy relationship makes both, both partners more complete. In my time as a Christian, I have heard so many complaints from brothers and sisters, you know, and from men and women in general, like, he doesn't hear the baby cry. She is too emotional, you know. She's always complaining, criticizing, or nagging. He doesn't like to go shopping. She talks too much, you know. He's all talk and no action. She's always changing her mind. It is all about him. She demands too much from me, and she is unpredictable. And the list goes on and on and on and on. Maybe some of you are familiar with these complaints or will be familiar, you know, with this kind of complaints. The problem is very simple. They are not aware of their differences and needs as men and women. Neither they understand them and that cause serious problems in their relationship and become a dysfunctional relationship. It might sound that I'm exaggerating, but it is incredible how something so great as our differences and needs can turn love, devotion, affection into frustration, anger, hatred, and sometimes divorce. To avoid this, first of all, we need to understand that our Creator is the one who made us different and had a purpose in creating humans, animals, and things differently. He created a variety in nature, in color, in everything that exists. Can you imagine a world where everything is the same? Where everyone is short or tall, or ugly or pretty, or white or dark, because there is nothing else to compare them to. Since no one can be unique, Probably love wouldn't exist either. You love someone for his or her differences, not because they are the same as someone else. Colors wouldn't exist. Everything will be the same solid color. What color would it be? Gray, white, black, blue? Food would be the same. What food would it be? Tacos, tamales, enchiladas, chili beans? 
everyone will have the same body. Hair, you know, uh, face, eyes. But, in, but God, in His mighty wisdom, knew that variety, differences were needed for the happiness of mankind. That's why He said, Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. You know what I'm talking about? As the Bible says in Genesis 1, if you please go with me to Genesis 1, 1 1, it says, uh, in, the, uh, in the beginning, God created the heavens and earth, on the, and on the first day, He said, Let there be light, and God saw that the light was good. And He separated the light from the darkness. You see, light, darkness. On the second day, he said, let the water under the sky be gathered to one place and let dry ground appear. And God saw that it was good. You see, water, dry. On the third day, God said, let the land produce vegetation, seed bearing, uh, bearing plants and trees on the land that bear fruit with seed in it according to the various kinds. And God saw that it was good. You see, various kinds. On the fourth day, God said, Let there be lights in the vault of the sky to give light on the earth to separate the day from the night. And God saw that it was good. You see? Day and night. On the fifth day, God created the great creatures of the sea and every living thing according to their kinds. God made the wild animals according to their kinds, the livestock according to their kinds, and all the creatures that move along the ground according to their kinds. And God saw that it was good. You see? Variety. Different things created by God. On the sixth day, then God said, Let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness. Then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostril the breath of life, the Spirit. And the man became a living being. Then the Lord God said, it is not good. You know, it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. You see, God was the designer and the creator of men and women and everything that exists. Now, let's go to Genesis 2.19 and 20. Genesis 2.19 and 20. It says, The Lord God has formed out of the ground all the wild animals and all the birds in the sky. He brought them to the man to see what he would name them. And whatever the man called each living creature, that was its name. So the man gave names to all the livestock, the birds in the sky, and all the wild animals. Now listen carefully. But for Adam, no suitable helper was found. I want to read it one more time. I want to read it again. But for Adam, no suitable helper was found. From where? From what God had already created. In other words, God basically made or had a parade for Adam with all the animals. You know? A big line of animals for him to name them and select. 
which one he will like from all the animals. In other words, if Adam would have liked a female gorilla, right now all of you married men will be sitting right next to a gorilla, you know? Except me, you know, I'm here right now. And she didn't come today, so. Now, let me tell you this. Verse 21. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. And while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs and then closed up the place with flesh. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib he had taken out of the man and he brought her, brought her to the man. And that's how all the problems, I mean, that's how everything began. All right? <laughs> After they, he created men and women. Just remember, God as our creator, in his mighty wisdom, knew perfectly why he made or created men and women with all of those differences and needs. He knew it was, and it is the most convenient, the most efficient way for our happiness to reach our full potential, our fulfillment of the human race. Remember Isaiah, the 55 chapter, verses uh, 8 to 9. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. Men and women need to not just know, not only know, but comprehend, be aware, and understand those differences and needs well. So they actually become an advantage, a blessing in our lives. Our lives will be happier. We will reach our full potential, our fulfillment. We will be able to succeed in our relationship with our spouse or with people in general. Otherwise, our relationship or relationships will fail will become dysfunctional. Let me tell you this. There is no way you and I or anybody will be able to know God's will to please God or to have a relationship with God, with Him, if we do not know God's will. If we are not aware of who He is. We need to comprehend well who is the being that we are dealing with. We need to know His attributes, His power, His love, His greatness, His glory, uh, um, uh, glory, His mercy, His patience. I need to know that surely the nations are like a drop in a bucket. They are regarded as dust on the scale. Before Him, all the nations are as nothing. They are regarded by Him as worthless and less than nothing. He brings the princes to nothing and reduces the rulers of this world to nothing, etc., etc. Otherwise, Instead of pleasing God, we will end being disrespectful to Him, not giving Him the glory and honor He deserves to have a healthy relationship with God. The Holy Spirit revealed God's will. But unless I decide to study it, unless I make the effort and sacrifice that it is required to learn His will, I will not be able to know God's will and to know who He is to please Him and have a healthy relationship with Him. It will not come miraculously or in the same way the Holy Spirit guided the apostles and some Christians 
through uh, the spiritual gifts in the first century. In the same way, in the same manner, likewise, it requires effort, time, sacrifice, conversations, and study to get to know the difference between me and my partner and the needs my partner has. Meaning, there is work to do. Because we are not talking here about, well, I think that she uh, likes uh, or her basic needs are, no. It is not about guessing, but rather to really get involved and discover, find out, be aware of what our differences are. What his or her needs are to be able to have an amazing, successful, and healthy relationship. Hard work and dedication in our relationship will pay off. So, let me give you some differences between men and women and needs of men and women. You can find this all over, you know. Books have been written about it. Uh, marital counselors talk about it. Internet, YouTube, you name it. They are all over, you know. Physically, there is no doubt we are different in many ways. It's clearly visible, right? So let me start by telling you that the male brain is larger than the female, okay? And although this seems to indicate greater ability, it does not imply greater intelligence at all. The female brain has a greater number of neuronal connections, so it transmits information more quickly. There are many things that women can do that men cannot do, and vice versa. I will explain that later. But it has to do with the way men and women were created by God. So let's start with some examples. As much as parents, adults, and educators try to influence, it has been proven that girls tend to play calmer games, you know, calm, calmer games, uh, such as houses or dolls, while boys tend to play games of greater movement, fighting, and action. As they take their children's playground conversation, they realize that most of the sounds coming from little girls' mouths were recognizable words. That's why when you see little girls, you know, playing with their dolls, they talk to them, you know? Oh, let me comb your hair. Let me change your dress. However, boys are different. Yells and sound effects come out of their mouth when they are playing like... Ta -ta 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 <laughs> Amazing. Most men cannot read with a background noise. It drives him whack. Why? Because while most men can do only one thing at a time, not a woman, she's multitask, even though many don't agree with it. That's why a woman can be cooking, feeding the little boy, the television can be on, rings the phone, and she will go, hello, not a problem, not a problem. But when the man answers the phone and the children are making noise or the TV uh, is on, hey, be quiet, shut up. Don't you see that I'm on the phone? It's a totally different story, you know. 
And what's funny is that they, even before they answer the phone, they clear their voice. I don't know why. <clears throat> Hello? Where that comes from, I don't know. Let me tell you this. Women's basic need number two, especially in a relationship, is not money at all. Not at all. Or social status. Not at all. But rather communication, conversation. A woman is characterized by her capacity for expression, by communicating what she thinks and what she feels. In most men, the attitude of silence and few words predominates. Communication experts say that on average, a wife will say that she needs to spend 45 minutes to an hour each day in meaningful conversation with her husband. In fact, some studies say that the average woman speaks over 22,000 words a day, while the average man speaks only a little over 8,000, and he uses his 8,000 words during the whole day. So, if a woman wants to have a meaningful conversation with her husband at night, good luck. He's out of words, you know? So you better catch him early in the morning. That is also why when your husband comes home from work and you ask him, how was your day? His response will be fine. Very simple. But if the husband asks his wife, how was your day? Believe me, it is a different story. She will start talking about everything. As all, of, uh, as all or most of you know, I have two daughters. One day they went shopping with my wife. And when they got back, I asked them, so how was it? Big mistake. <laughs> Three women, each one with 22,000 words. I had to sit down, you know. I had to pull a chair, you know. And to top it off, it was early in the morning. <laughs> now, now, in addition to that, women are detail-oriented. While men go straight to the point. That's why when women go to the store for a little pair of shoes for a grandchild, she will come back with a pair of shoes, a small skirt, a perfume, some little sack, little tiny gloves, etc., you know, when women, go shop, when women go shopping, let's be honest, they stop at every single department. While most men go in, go what, uh, get what they need, and vamonos, let's go. You know, get out. Very simple. You know, that's the way we were created. I'm guessing that in my whole life, I have met maybe four to five men who like to go shopping. Most men prefer to take out the trash than go shopping. That is why many marital counselors advise husbands, if you want to score points with your wife, go shopping with her. Now, if you really, honestly, want to score points with your wife, invite her to go shopping. Let me give you another example. When a man is in his deep sleep, 75% of his brain shuts down. That's why many times you, you, you hear that famous complaint. You never hear the baby cry. 
Yeah, when I'm sleeping, I'm dead. <laughs> Why do women hear the baby cry? Because when a woman is in her deep sleep, 90% of her brain is still active. Boom, 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 boom. It is amazing. That's how we were created. And the list, you know, about men and women differences, and it just goes on and on and on. Even to do simple things, we are different. Men are better at seeing things in the distance, while women are better focusing on things at close range. That's why many times when men are driving and all of a sudden your wife goes, be careful, you know, you even jump, you know, close range. Don't get bothered for it. That is how she was created, you know. Let me give you a better example, like looking for things in the fridge, you know, or the, or the freezer or with my Ricky Ricardo's pronunciation, you know, that refrigerator, you know. To start with, when men look in the fridge for something, they get down like an umpire by the home plate, you know. A woman can see the entire content of the fridge without moving her head. But when a man looks for something in the fridge, his head is going to bubble like a bubble, you know. He's looking all over. And the worst thing is that at the end, he will not find that thing that he's looking for. You know, that it is right in front of him. That's why, you know, many times uh, uh, oh, 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 the wife, you know, tells her, her husband, please get me the butter that is in the fridge. There isn't any butter. Yes, there is butter. There isn't any butter. The wife comes over, opens the fridge. It's right here, I told you, right in front of you. Then he starts, oh, well, you know. That's the way we were created, you know. And we need to make sure that those things do not cause any problems. Let me ask you this. How many of you men have received flowers as a gift or want to receive flowers as a gift, let's say for your birthday? You can raise your hand if you want to. Let me tell you this. It doesn't have anything to do with being a macho man. Okay? The reason why most girls love flowers so much is that their sense of smell is much more developed. And this is because their genes make women more sensitive to smells. When two men uh, shake hands, you know, on average, most of the time they do it firmly, you know, and they actually shake their hands, you know, right, Colby? <laughs> but when a woman shakes hands, she just gives a man her hand, but she doesn't move it. She keeps her, her hand motionless, you know, it is hard to say what this means, but maybe it is because a handshake is in the method women usually choose to greet someone. Now, all I want you to realize or understand is that men and women were created different and it shouldn't be a reason to destroy our relationship. On the contrary, it should make us more complete, stronger. In fact, 
Every branch of science from neuroscience to anthropology now confirms something the Bible has laid out all along. As research accumulates, it is becoming increasingly obvious that God made men and women in many ways, uh, different in many ways, with a purpose. Let, give me an, let me give you an example. Women, basic need number one is love, affection. That moves a woman. She had that need for affection with plenty of hugs and kisses and loving looks at every opportunity. She needs to be surrounded by love. And women are responsible to make sure that she's receiving it. You know, that our partner is receiving it. Our spouse. Men on the other side, his basic need number one is not love. We are different. I remember that a person mentioned the following. And in fact, you can find this in the internet. He said, a girl and a boy go for a drive and the boy runs out of gas. They smooch a little and the girl says, oh, I love him. And the boy says, next. We are different. We are just simply different. You know, let me tell you what moves a man according to the Bible. Respect, admiration. That moves a man. He needs his wife to be proud of him. He lives for her respect and admiration. He lives for her praise and her pricing on him. He lives for her appreciation and gratitude. He lives for her adoration. Men thrive on respect while women thrive on love. Cherishing love is her most basic need. That is why, as we read this morning, men are commanded to love their wives. Ephesians 5.25, which says, Husbands, love your wife just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Now, if we go to Ephesians 5.33, that he read, women are commanded to respect their husbands. However, each one of you also must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. Love and respect are two key ingredients for marriage, and we are responsible to fulfill our partner needs. Let me tell you that these differences are in all aspects of our life. There are some verses in the scripture that many brands don't like to talk about it, but it is extremely important to speak about it. For example, 1 Corinthians, the 7th chapter, verses 3 and 5. 1 Corinthians, the 7th chapter, verses 3 to 5. It says, The husband should fulfill his marital duty to his wife and likewise the wife to her husband. The wife does not have authority over her own body, but yields it to her husband. In the same way, the husband does not have authority over his own body, but yields it to his wife. Do not deprive each other except perhaps by mutual consent and for a time so that you may devote yourselves to prayer. Then come together again so that Satan will not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. 
The Bible is clear about this need and responsibility that both have. And even though they are not in the same order, what I mean is that if we number uh, women's five basic needs, you know, uh, and men's five basic needs, this need that Paul is talking about for a woman is not number one. Love is number one for a woman. Neither is number two. Communication is number two for a woman. But for a man, this is one of the top ones of the list. Now, both need to consider, comprehend that we were built, created different to be able to work it out. To make it work. To fulfill the commandment. To fulfill the need. That's why you probably have heard that men are like the light bulb, you know. You turn on the switch and the light goes on immediately. While women are like the iron, you know, that to iron in your clothes, you know. You plug it in and it takes a while to warm up. Men are visual. Women are not. They respond to touch and words. Now let me tell you this. Those little things that if we don't put attention to them, our relationship can fail. That's why the Bible says in 1 Peter 4, 7, Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. In other words, if we do not fulfill our partner's needs, the devil will make sure that somebody else does. So we need to be alert. It is important to understand our differences and our needs. Now the amazing thing in all of this is that God created human beings as three-dimensional beings. We are made of body, soul, and spirit. That's what the Bible tells us in 1 Thessalonians, the fifth chapter, verse 23. It says, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your Holy Spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. We are spiritual li uh, beings living in physical bodies. Like someone said, we are spiritual beings having a human experience. Now we have different needs. Not only as men and women, but also different needs as human beings. We have body needs, soul needs, and spiritual needs. And if we want to get real happiness, truly joy, peace in our lives, those needs have to be fulfilled. Now, every single person here and outside has the need for a spiritual fulfillment. That is a necessary element or ingredient we need in our lives. Because we can fulfill our physical needs, our soul needs, but our lives will never be complete until, until there is a fulfillment in all three areas. And unfortunately, the most neglected, neglected area is the spiritual dimension. In a relationship or as an individual, if you are fulfilling one or two dimensional needs, 
without the emphasis, including that spiritual need, that spiritual bonding with God, no matter how successful you are at work, how rich you are, how, su how successful you are in your life, you will never be complete without the spiritual fulfillment. Your life will always have a limb. And there is no knee surgery for it, you know, to fix it. That's why if we are eating or feeding ourselves spiritually only two or three or four times a week for what God considers it is the most important in our lives on this planet, we better think about it again. We need to ask ourselves, how many times a week do I feed myself physically? So I can compare If we really want to have a happy and successful life, we need to be applying spiritual truth to our life and to our relationships. When we do it, and we have that spiritual fulfillment, then we will be completely happy, happy prosperous, and successful. We can honestly say, That the level of our happiness, prosperity, and our success in our lives is riding upon our understanding of the need for spiritual bonding with God. Very simple. To finish this sermon, I would like to conclude by saying that we were created as men and women with different needs with a purpose. To complement one another so beautifully. To have a healthy relationship. And to make both partners more complete. We also were created with the need for a spiritual fulfillment. That only God can give or provide for you and for me. It is God the only one who can fulfill the spiritual fulfillment. Spiritual fulfillment is knowing who your inner is, and what you are here to do in your journey ahead on this planet. And the Bible gives you the answer. Fear God and keep His commandments, for this is the whole duty of men. May the glory and honor, and honor be always given to God. The question for all of those who haven't obeyed the gospel yet to start fulfilling your spiritual need is, What are you waiting for? You know what you need to do, and you can do it today. So you are ready. Let us know or come forward as together we stand and sing. Thank you.